passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Well, hello, my good people, and welcome to the first episode of the Believe in Rugby podcast. My name is Colby Marshall, and I am the host of this show. On this episode, I am very excited to share with you guys my story coming up with rugby in America and playing for Iona College in Urshel, New York. So it all started back when I was a freshman in college, and at the time I wasn't playing a sport. I had played soccer and I ran track during high school, but I wanted to go to college and try new things. So I'm living in a dorm with four or five rugby guys, and pretty much all year uh, they're begging me to come play. Colby, come play. Colby, come play. Because they know that I played sports in high school. And I'm just like, guys, look at me. I'm 5'9", 145 pounds. I would not survive on the rugby field. And they're still, you know, telling me to come play, come play. So I'm like, all right, let me go check out a practice and see what I think. See what I think. And um, I, I remember going to a practice one day. And I'm watching the guys. And um, approaching me is this odd-looking man. And he introduced himself as Bruce. You know, my name's Bruce. I'm the coach of the rugby team. And as I'm shaking his hand, he goes, oh, you're from Piscataway. Yeah, I have a buddy from Piscataway. And in my mind, I'm like, how does he know I'm from Piscataway? But then I realized he read my bracelet that said the Piscataway Chiefs on it. So that's how he he knew I was from Piscataway. And that basically sums up Bruce as being uh, someone who's very attentive. And that's true to his personality. So that's how I met uh the famous Bruce McLean and then uh, pretty much throughout the rest of the year whenever you know I would think about rugby I would think about that great conversation that I had with Bruce and how uh, and how nice of a guy that he was so that summer comes after my freshman year in 2014 um, so it's the summer of 2015 and I'm sitting at home and I'm like bored out of my mind um, because typically when I have a when I have a summer vacation, I have a goal to work towards in a sport. So I, whether it would be trying to make the varsity soccer team or trying to improve my 800 meter time and track, I would always have something that I would be working towards. But this summer was different because I wasn't playing a sport. So I was kind of lost. Um, and I thought about playing rugby. And I have this conversation with my father. I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking about playing rugby. And he's, at first he's like, you know, questioning me, like, why would you want to do that to yourself? <laughs> like I, like I was at first, but then he said, you know, if that's something you really want to do, then you got to hit the weight room and you got to work on your core. 
So that summer I dedicated all my time to working out, uh, eating the right things, getting rest, doing old track workouts to build up my stamina and uh, to build my stamina back up and playing basketball with my buddies. I did one of those three things just about every day. So by that time camp came around in August, um, I remember everybody had to show up on moving day, which was that Sunday, and then camp would start the you know Monday through Friday. And so I show up and the coaches are so cool. Everybody's laid back. They create this really relaxed atmosphere that makes you think uh, it's going to be just a fun time for everybody, right? And come Monday, we have to wake up at 6 a.m. to go practice um, for the first practice of what would be a -a two-a-day for the entire week. And so in my mind, I'm like, this is exactly what I did for soccer in high school. We would uh, do two-a-days for the entire first week, and we would have to run two miles under a certain time uh, before practice even started in the morning. So I'm at this point mentally preparing myself. As I'm waking up at 6 a.m., I'm mentally preparing myself to do what I had to do in soccer. So nothing came as a surprise to me. It was uh, a little bit easier than what I had than what I went through in high school with soccer. So I think that I had a I had an edge over the incoming freshmen, and I had an edge over the guys that had just started playing, like myself. And so, like, when we would do sprint workouts, I would always be with the A side. So there's the A side and the B side. A side's basically varsity, B side's JV. So, you know, when we did skill drills, I was, you know, I was at the B side level. But when we when we would do, you know, the two-mile runs or sprint workouts, I was always with the A side guys. So that enabled me to get noticed by the coaches and by uh, teammates when I was finishing, you know, at the top in the sprints. You know, they're like, oh, this kid's pretty fast, you know, keep an eye on him. So that helped me uh, stay on the radar of a lot of, of, that helped me stay on the radar of Bruce and the coaches and my teammates. And uh, I ended up having an up and down year. Uh, there were times when I wanted to stop, but uh, I kept getting praise from, again, just the coaches and teammates. And that kind of, that that was the main factor in uh why I, I stuck with it just because of how much they believed in me and so I was I was made I became optimistic that uh, I could make something of myself in the sport so my freshman year is over it's now tw- 2016 and uh, I go home to Jersey and I'm applying to jobs and I land a sales internship in Clifton but it's 45 minutes away from my house so I got to go live with my grandparents and at my grandparents complex apartment complex they have this gym that has like four machines and uh and a treadmill so i i didn't have much to work with in terms of training for that summer uh with that gym complex but luckily bruce he he reached out to me at the beginning of the summer and he said listen uh you made some really good strides in your first year but i think you can be even better here's a workout plan that you should follow and it didn't require a gym it was all body weight stuff and sprints so um, every morning I would wake up early, I would go to the complex, I would do Bruce's workout, then I would do the, you know, I would uh, make the best out of the machines that were there and then I would go outside and do my sprint workout and then I would go into work and work all day and then come home and do it again. And I did that just about every day and I made some real uh, good gains. I put on a little bit more muscle and I got a lot faster than I was before. 
So I go into my junior year now. It's my second year playing. And Bruce wants to make me the fly half for B-side. He wants me to play fly half. Now I'm like, wait, what? Like the fly half is the guy that uh, he calls all the plays. He knows where everybody's supposed to be. He pretty much runs the offense on the rugby field. And you want me to do that in my second year? I just, I'm still trying to get the hang of the sport. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I mean, his reasoning for his main reason for doing it was because he wanted uh he knew I was fast and I was one of the fastest guys on the B side so he wanted to see how you know how dynamic I could be uh when I had the ball in my hands a little bit more so um you know it, it was something like hey if he thought because at this point I'm looking up to Bruce I I know he's like really knowledgeable he knows a lot about the game so if it's something that he thought would work I you know I'm all for it so I have a really good year. We have, I think we lose one game, and uh, I had a rocky start. I I couldn't pass lefty at all. Uh, my right passing, my right handed, my right handed passing was solid, and my kicking was solid because I played soccer, and I was fast. Like every time I stepped on the field, I was probably the fastest guy. So uh, when uh, worst came to worst, I would just use my legs to make plays and uh, set up my teammates. So. Uh, yeah, we lost like one game. We did really well. And I actually had a really scary moment in the middle of the season where we had a practice one day and it was blistering hot. It was like 90 degrees. Um, and our practice was scheduled for five o'clock at five o'clock in, in the evening. And so I took a nap, uh, woke up around 430 and uh, I chugged a quarter of my gallon of water and I went to I went to practice. And I could just tell that something was off, like something was wrong. And we're doing our, uh, we're doing our stretches, and we did our jog around the field. And then Bruce gathers the entire team around in one section to do this drill. And he has my friend Lavar demonstrate the drill. And I'm seeing Lavar doing these zigzags and uh, running. Just he's a fast guy, so he's running around. He's running fast doing these zigzags in the drill and I'm just looking at him and I'm thinking to myself I might pass out if I if I have to do that right now because I'm coming off of a weekend where I I don't remember what I did exactly but I know that I didn't work out so I'm like so like when that thought comes into my mind I start to panic and uh next thing I know I'm 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 going towards the ground I'm I'm uh I'm just going towards the ground and I start to I start to panic. I know something bad's about to happen, but I don't have the energy to, to to let anybody know. And I don't think anybody realizes that I'm I'm going to the ground and then next thing I know, everything's relaxed and calm. And I had passed out and then I wake up and my teammates are shaking me to get me up, um, rushed to a hospital and the doctor said at the hospital that there's a chance that I have a serious heart condition, so I'm like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like a couple hours ago, I was fine, and now you're telling me my life is my life might be threatened. So uh, I go home to Jersey to see a cardiologist, and they put me on an EKG for two weeks. And uh, mind you, this is still in the middle of my junior, in my junior year, in uh, 20, 2016. So um, I'm not playing. I'm missing rugby. I'm in Jersey getting these tests done, and after all the tests come back, they they figured that nothing was wrong with my heart that I they didn't know exactly why I passed out but it was probably because I didn't have enough water in me and probably 
uh, because of the heat and uh, a little bit of stress that I was going through. So uh, the important thing was that my heart was healthy. So I miss a month of rugby and I come back. I end up uh, finishing my junior year, but I had lost my spot at fly half. Um, they put somebody else there while I was gone, but even when I came back, you know, they didn't want to, they didn't want to put me there anymore. They wanted to put me in the back line to play me at wing. And I ended up, uh, doing really well. And I was able to get an opportunity to play for a side, um, in the last game of the year. But that was mainly because seven guys got suspended for some stupid incident that happened on campus. So it was by default that I got my A-side debut, which was kind of weird. And we lost, so it's not really memorable at all. Um, so that year comes to an end, uh, thankfully, because it was a lot. <laughs> and uh, that that summer, my goal was to make A-side, to be an A-side starter. And I knew I was going to have a chance because one of the wings uh, from the previous year was transferring. So I knew there was going to be a spot open. So that was my motivation that summer when I was working out. And by the time camp came around, it came down to me, uh, a junior who had a few A-side games to his name, and a freshman for the, for the, for the starting wing spot on A-side. And after a week at camp, the freshman transferred. So it came down to, just to me and the junior. And I remember walking to practice with Bruce one day, and he told me, look, it's going to come down to you and him. And when he told me that, I was totally locked in from that point on. I don't know if he had the same conversation with the other kid, but that's all I needed to hear. And I won that spot and started at wing the entire year. And we went 11-2, and two, I believe. We won our conference. We definitely went undefeated in our conference. And I had uh, I was able to score some tries. I had five tries, and I I played really well, and the team did really well. So it was a good year. And what made it even better was we had sevens coming up that spring. Uh, that would be the spring of 2018, and sevens is a lot more. Uh, sevens is a lot more favorite towards my style of play. I'm a faster guy, so I do well in open space. And so since sevens is seven on seven as opposed to 15 on 15s, my style of play translates more into sevens. And we had a good sevens team. Uh, we had up and down spring, but our goal was to do well at the college rugby championships that summer on ESPN. That was the ultimate goal to get there and to compete for a national championship. And, uh, at, by the time the CRCs came around, we knew we had a good team, but we didn't know what to expect because we had never been on that stage before. So we have Cutstown, uh, Dartmouth, and Temple in our group, and it was a tough group, and we end up coming out of the group, uh, which was a shock to everybody, um, maybe not to us, but a shock to the rest of the country. And we, uh, in our second game, I was able to start, and I scored a try, so I, was, I had an impact on... Uh, on the team, which was cool. And so by the time that season comes to an end, I'm really high on myself as a rugby player. And I wanna come back for at least one more year because at this point I've only played three years of rugby. So I have two more years of eligibility left according to the USA rugby rules. 
So um, I, I was already planning to go to grad school to get my master's in sports communications and media. So it was even better that I was going to be able to play rugby as well. And that year starts and I start to have trouble balancing grad school and rugby. And so uh, I, I tried, I tried to grind it out, but you know, I was either leaving practice early or showing up to class late because they were both at the same time. So I pick up the phone one night and I call Bruce and I tell him, look, I'm going to have to quit rugby um, because I just can't, I need to focus on where the money, where I'm putting my money into, which is uh, school. And he understood and he said, look, if you want to come back for sevens next spring, you're more than welcome. And it was not like I was on scholarship or anything. It was a club sport. So I wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't doing anything that was out of my, uh, that was out of my right pretty much. And so uh, I, I focus on school that semester. I don't play rugby. And then the spring comes for seventh season. And our team's even better. You know, we have, uh, we had a, I, I think we, we had two really great, two really good players. And uh, we basically bring back the same side that we had the previous year. And so um, we had a really good spring. Uh, you know, it was flawless. And personally, I was kind of going through the motions because I, I didn't want, I didn't want to get injured because uh, I had battled injuries in the past, so I was kind of going through the motions, and uh, I just wanted to be, you know, to be available for the CRCs, for the college rugby championships. So uh, by the time the CRCs come around, we uh, we get into our second game. We're up by 30 points, and I get put into the game, and I have this play where I get the ball, and I'm running for 50 meters, and I'm about to score a try. I go to put the ball down and it just falls out of my hand and I knock it on and uh, even though we were up 30 points it was still really embarrassing and it kind of shot my confidence so um, I don't remember too much about the rest of the game we won and then going into the next game uh, we find ourselves up 20 points again or 20 20 points and then the coach decides to put a bunch of guys in and he pretty much push in, he puts in the entire team except for me. I'm the only guy that didn't get in. And while I was happy for the team, it really hurt deep down. And it was really tough not to show uh, that I was upset because I knew that this was probably the last chance I was going to get to play for Iona because I didn't know if I was going to come back for my last year. I didn't know if I was going to play 15 since, you know, grad school was so tough. I I probably wasn't going to be able to juggle the two again. So I wasn't sure uh, if this was going to be my last time playing for Iona or not. So it was it was disappointing to not to not play. And knowing that, you know, our next game in that tournament was going to be against uh, an even tougher team and, and an even more important game in the quarterfinals. So if he wasn't going to play me now, he's not going to play me then. So, uh, yeah, he didn't play me in the next game. We uh, played really well. We almost knocked off the eventual champion, Lindenwood. But uh, I, I was pretty upset, and on the bus ride home, I did some real reflecting, and I realized that I did not work as hard as I should have, and I was thinking to myself, man, like, if I just worked harder, you know, maybe I don't knock that ball on, maybe I have a, a 
maybe I help our team beat Lindenwood. Maybe he puts me in and has faith in me, and maybe I, you know, I help us out a little bit more. So I was really sick to my stomach, and you know, the bus drops us off, and I go right to the gym and I work out, and that kind of started a a trend of really focusing on 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 work on working out to the best of my ability and and not uh not BSing any any workouts. And so like for that next week after the tournament, I uh I was I was work I wasn't doing anything crazy. I was running like a mile uh at average pace, at like eight minute pace, and then I was doing just whatever workout I had for the day. But I was I was focused on it and I was pushing myself. And then like after the first week I would go from a mile to two miles and then three miles. So then after like the first week, uh uh after the tournament, the our uh sevens coach he gives us the number for uh the Nyack the Nyack team, which is a rugby club in New York, because they're looking for sevens players to have on their sevens team that summer. So I'm like, Oh perfect, this is you know, I decided that, you know, I'm not gonna go out uh I'm not gonna end my career like this. I wanna finish. I wanna play one more year at Iona in 15s in the fall. This would be perfect to use as momentum going into the fall. So I give the guy a call. Uh, a guy named Mike, a guy named Mike Petri picks up the phone and he tells me, "Yeah, we practice Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 p.m. at Randall's Island. Uh, we'd love to have you." So I'm like, "Oh, awesome." So uh, at the time, I had an internship in. Uh, in Rye, New York. So, uh, in the summer, I would, I would wake up early, eat some breakfast, uh, dress, dress in gym clothes, go to work, pack my work clothes, I would work out, shower, go to work. And then I would go to NIAC practice on Tuesdays and Thursdays after work. And, uh, my first NIAC practice, I remember, I remember going and seeing everybody and these are grown men. So it's a totally different game now. So I have to, you know, I have to really change my mentality. And these are guys that, you know, really love the game. So I'm like, okay, you know, I th- I think at this point that I love the game. So, you know, I- I'm thinking that I belong. And, you know, at that first practice, I realized that I was, I was the fittest one there because they're all coming from off seasons, but I'm coming off of my seventh season that I had with Iona. Plus I had just been working out really hard these past couple of weeks. And... So I, I've been playing pretty well in practice, and our first tournament comes around, and I'm selected. Uh, I'm one of the ten guys selected to go to the tournament. And our first game in the tournament, we're up by two tries at halftime. I haven't gotten in yet, and uh, since rugby sevens are seven minute halves, there's not a lot of time to make your impact, obviously. So I get subbed on at halftime, and uh, I'm just in my mind. I had goals set for myself. I wanted to score. I wanted to score at least twice. And so I got in the game and I had a hat trick. I scored three times. And uh and I could just feel that it was a it was a result of of everything that I was doing uh for the past couple of weeks. You know, how I changed my mentality in the gym, how I was focused, how I had goals set. And it that entire process sparked from me not from me realizing that I wasn't working hard. Uh, in the spring, and it sparked from that that play that I had in the CRCs where I dropped the ball. So if you know that stuff didn't happen, I probably wouldn't have had that special game that I had with Nyack in that special season I went on to have that summer with Nyack. 
And so I got a lot of respect from those guys after uh, after I played with them that summer. I stayed in contact with a lot of them. And now I'm going into Iona in the fall with uh, a lot of confidence. You know, I just played with grown men for the first time. Now I'm coming to play with college because it's going to be a piece of cake. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it, still, it still was tough. And with grad school and now I was working this internship, it was even harder to balance everything. And, you know, I had to pick up the phone again. And I'm like, hey, Bruce, I don't think I can do this. I think I'm going to have to quit, uh, quit playing. And at, at this point, he was, I could tell he was emotional. He was a little emotional because this was it. Like, I didn't have sevens that following semester. I wasn't going to be eligible because I, I would be done. So I, I heard him, uh, you know, he was a little emotional on the other end. And he said, but, you know, he understood and... uh he said, if I wanted to come back, I would be more than welcome to. And I think a week goes by. not Definitely not two weeks. I think only a week goes by, and I'm thinking to myself, man, what am I doing? I have the opportunity to play Division One rugby for this great school, for this great program, for this great coach in Bruce, and I'm throwing it away for what? You know? I, I got to figure out a way to juggle everything that I got going on. So I figured it out. I started play, I started playing again. Uh, I was able to start on the A side, and I had my best season. I scored uh, a bunch of times. I had six tries, I think. And uh, the team didn't do as well as we wanted to. And so we were riding a six-game winning streak going into our last game against St. Bonaventure, which was a game that we were building up towards the entire year because they had beat us the previous year. And this was a bowl game, and we had never won a bowl game in program history, so this was a huge game. And we ended up losing that game. So at that point, like the season's pretty much a failure. And what I didn't know was the game was, I knew the game was going to be broadcasted and filmed, but I didn't know that uh, the analyst calling the game was the professional coach for Rugby United New York, which is the New York rugby team uh, in Major League Rugby. And also known as the MLR. And so... His name is Greg McWilliams. He was just hired to be the coach. And uh, so he calls the game. We lose 33-22. to 22. I'm sitting on the bench. Uh, I had to try. I scored in the garbage time. It was a pretty nice run, but it, it was a garbage time try. So I'm sitting on the bench at the end of the game with my jersey off. I'm crying. And I see this guy come up to me, and he's like, were you the right winger? He puts his face like right in my face. <laughs> He's like, were you, the, were you the right winger? And I'm like, yeah, I was the right winger. And he said, um, well, my name is Greg McWilliams. I'm the head coach of Rooney and a uh, team in the MLR. I'd love for you to come to our training camp that starts in December. I thought you were one of the best guys out there. And I was like, oh, okay, that sounds great. Like, I didn't think too much of it because I was still thinking about the game. And uh, when he walked away, I started thinking about I started uh talking to some of my teammates to LeVar and Nandi two of my teammates and they're like dude that's pretty big you know you should go you should go talk to him so 10 minutes later I see him uh talking to Bruce and they call me over and then we have a really nice conversation I tell him about myself I tell him about my story and he formally uh, offers me a contract uh, to sign as a practice squad player for them and I'm like yeah that'd be awesome so I have two weeks until the professional camp starts so it's like so much at this point so much is going on in my mind uh i'm emotional that i own a, my own career is over but 
now I have this opportunity to be a professional rugby player, something that I never thought would have happened, uh, you know, just a few years ago when I started playing. And it was just crazy uh, all the things that I went through before that and all the bad things that happened that kind of set me on the path to have this great opportunity. And it was just really, it was really, uh, it was it was really it was it was really just mind mind blowing and so december 1st comes and the training camp takes place in staten island which is an hour away from my apartment in new rochelle so i'm i have to drive an hour so my part-time job is i decrease my hours from 8 to 12 and uh so that i have enough time to drive to staten island so uh, I drive to Staten Island uh, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays are when we practice. And they keep us from 3 p.m. until 9 p.m. And in between that time, we're working out at the in the gym. Then we do skills, and then we have a, a break. And then we have a training session, uh, about a two-hour training session outside at night. So it's from 3 to 9. It's a total grind. I mean, it was something that I've never experienced before. But I liked it because... Being a professional, uh, not rugby player, but being a professional athlete was something that I had always dreamed of. And I was finally getting that opportunity to do this, even though it wasn't a sport that I loved. You know, it wasn't basketball or soccer. It was still a sport that I liked and a sport that I was good at and a sport that people saw value in me at. So it was pretty surreal to be a professional, you know, to know what it's like to be a professional. And I'm, I'm doing this camp and, uh, you know, I'm holding my own. I'm doing well. And uh, we con- we get to our first scrimmage and it's full contact. Like, everything's on. And so this is going to be my first practice. First scrimmage is going against, you know, grown men, full contact. Uh, so the sh- scrimmage starts and I score the first try of the game. And at that point, I'm just like, all right, you know, I belong. I belong. And my counter wing was Connor Wallace Sims, who was a, he was known as one of the best wings in the MLR. And he was the leading, one of the leading try scorers for Rooney last year. He had like eight tries. He had a really good year. He was only 24 years old, big guy. So I'm going up against him in this scrimmage and I scored the first try and he scores like three or four against me. And, uh, you know, he was a guy that I looked up to because he was the best wing on the team and he carried himself very well off the field he was a he was a really really nice guy uh so I looked up to him but I also didn't like him because on the field he wasn't he wasn't too friendly with me uh he would uh do a lot of little things that would test he I could tell he was trying to test my toughness and my metal like tug on my uh jersey and a rock or just uh hang on to me a little longer like things like that and uh so I I didn't I didn't I wasn't a fan of I wasn't a fan of his on the field but I he was uh I will say he was very respectful off the field so I remember one practice uh we were scrimmaging and I got the ball and I got uh I was able to get uh, momentum and it ended up being a situation where it was me and him one-on-one and I gave him a step one way, and he goes the complete opposite way. And it was one of those things where the team goes, 
or you hear a couple guys on the team go, ooh, right? <laughs> and so uh, that was cool. And then <laughs> the next day, so the next day comes and we're doing this, we're doing this drill that works on our footwork. And the coach running the drill, he's like, all right, who has the best footwork on the team? Who wants to come demonstrate this? And uh, before anybody can say anything, Connor goes, oh, Colby does, Colby does, Colby does. He says my name like three times. I'm like, why did he just say that? Is he serious? Because I knew that my footwork was up there, but I didn't think he would admit that. And so I'm like, oh, wow. If he, you know, if I get that validation from him, that means I'm doing something right. So that was, um, that was, that meant a lot to me when he, when he shout, shouted me out like that. Um, he probably doesn't know any of this, which is pretty funny. And so I, I ended up training with them for about a month and a half. And, uh, I realized that, you know, these are guys that have been playing since they were kids and, you know, they have this passion and love for the game that I just didn't have. And, you know, before before going into that camp, I, I thought that playing pro was what I wanted to do, but I realized that uh, you needed to have that passion for the game uh, in a game like, especially in a game like rugby, where you're pretty much putting your body out on the line. So if you're not completely locked in, you know, you can, you're not only uh, putting yourself and your health, your, your, your health at risk, but you're putting your, your team at risk, you know, your liability. So I, I realized that uh, it just wasn't my passion and it wasn't something that I should have been doing. And it wasn't something that I wanted to do. So I called a meeting with the coach and I I told him, I was like, yeah, playing pro is just not it's something I thought I wanted to do, but it's not. And he was totally understand. Like, he's a cool guy. I think he even said he could that I could have just shot him a text instead of calling to meet with him in person about it. But I wanted to meet with him in person and he was understanding and he put me into contact with uh, a guy named Matt McCarthy, who was a broadcaster who called my last game against St. Bonaventure with Greg um, um, the day that I met Greg. And then, so he puts me into contact with him because he knows that I'm a broadcast media major and just in case, you know, he has any opportunities for me. So I ended up getting into contact with Matt McCarthy after my Rooney stint. This was a couple of months ago, back in February. And you know, he tells me that, hey, yeah, I can have you come on the show and do a weekly segment where you give your best player in uh, from the MLRs uh, past weekend, from the games in the MLR. Uh, you give your best player, you give a player to watch moving forward, and you give your best player in a losing effort. So I would watch all the games, I would watch Rooney games, and I would give, you know, all my, all my players on that weekly segment. And uh, it was a really great experience. And Matt's a, uh, he's a really vibrant character and really knowledgeable and he runs a great show. And I was doing that up until the coronavirus hit and uh, everything got shut down, unfortunately. So uh, that's pretty much where rugby was able to take me so far. And it, I didn't realize how wild of a ride it was until I, uh, until I actually sat down and thought about it in preparation for this podcast. And it just, I think, is a testament to, you know, even if you don't love something or you're not passionate about something that you're doing, you never know what can come of it if you just keep at it, if you stay persistent. And 
just optimistic throughout the entire process. Like so many good things can come out of it. Like I was able to oh, just meet so many great people along this journey and I was able to fall in love with working out. Like if it wasn't for rugby, I would have never uh, fell in love with working out the way that I, the way, the way that I do now. Um, I probably would still be working out, but not, not uh, to the extent that I do now. And uh, man, it's just the experience of playing a sport that I had never heard of prior to college was just really awesome. And I was able to go to a lot of different places, to California, to Bermuda for tournaments. And man, like you just never know where. Uh, and plus it, it gave me an avenue to, uh, to do something like this podcast and to go on Matt McCarthy's show to get experience in the sports media industry. And uh, you just never know where... Uh, it can take you. So if you just, I'd say like if you have uh, something that you think you want to try, try it and uh, just be optimistic about it because you never know what can happen. So that's my that's my rugby story and I promise it won't just be me talking uh, in future episodes. I'll definitely have on teammates and coaches that can uh, that I can talk about different stories with and experiences with and they can share their knowledge uh, with you guys. So I'm looking forward to uh, to that for sure. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode on Believe in Rugby. And I look forward to talking uh, with you guys next week. Uh, thanks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.